Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So some, if not all, of my achievements, like the ones I'm most proud of in my life, have been possible because I listened to people who gave me good advice. So today I want to talk about some of that good advice and, uh, you know, talk with you, Connor, and see what good advice you've been given also because I think our listeners can probably learn a lot from that. So I'm, I'm going to start off and then I'll kick it to you. I think one of the most important things I learned, and I don't think I learned this until I was much older than I should have been, probably. It was after I had entered the workforce and graduated, or not, I didn't graduate college, as you guys know, but finished my my time in college when I decided my time in college was, was done. And that is that no one owes you anything and that nothing in life is going to be handed to you. And I, when I moved to D.C., I remember thinking, because I was very politically active in Utah and people knew who I was. And I remember moving here and being like, well, aren't everyone's going to give me a job. I, you know, people knew who I was in Utah. How could they not give me a job? Like, I deserve it. I just moved here, but I deserve any job that comes my way. And let me tell you what didn't happen, Connor. I did not get a job right away. And it was a very humbling experience because when you're an intern, usually you're like 18, 19, or your early 20s. I was an intern at 27 years old, and that did not feel good. <laughs> it felt – at first it was like I, I I was embarrassed. I remember my, my boss was 22, and I was wow. 27, and that was really hard for me. And then I had older people um, who, who I, I turned to for advice, and that's what they reminded me, that nobody owes me anything, and nothing in life is going to be handed to me, right? So I had to work my way for it, even if that meant having to be the oldest intern. And I was an intern three times after that. So I was an intern wow. until I was 29 actually. And again, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel good, but I was entering, I had been a teacher before. I hadn't been in, in like politics working for nonprofit. So I didn't have the experience yet to just be handed a, a great job and be making a lot of money. And when I moved there, I thought I did. And so that was something that I have, have never forgotten. And I think it's helped me work harder for where I've gotten now because I realize I, I do have to prove myself that I'm not owed anything. So that's one of the best pieces of advice. And we can go back and forth, Connor, if you have one that, that comes up or, or if you want to think more, I can, I can list another. Oh one yeah. I've got, I've got several. So uh, one that I'll share comes from my granddad. I may have mentioned this in an episode long ago, uh, my my granddad was a great guy, and he loved acronyms. He would use acronyms all the time. He would write on these little three-by-five index cards notes to his wife, my grandma, or to his kids or others, and he would always use these acronyms. TTFN, ta-ta for now, you know. Yeah, so yes. <laughs> he'd leave and he'd say TTFN, or uh, in a note he'd say KTYL, know that you're loved. And so he just loved acronyms and the acronym that has stuck with me and has become, I would say, kind of a motto, if you will, for my life that I've really utilized is PPPG. Persistence pays pretty good. And early in my career, when I first was a web developer and I would have jobs and then I I had my own company for a little while that I uh, did my own clients and I kind of went back and forth doing that before I then started Libertas Institute and shifted my career into something else like you, you know, formerly a teacher and now a, a communicating freedom fighter. However <laughs> you describe 
we're doing different things. We pivot, we change, we, we focus where our passions take us. And so for me, I felt like as a young professional, I needed to stand out. Kind of like you, you know, you're an intern, you're like, how do I stand out? How do I build value? How do I make myself in demand so others will pay me more money and I can do bigger things? So the way that I stood out, I, I, when I was a developer writing code, I was never awesome. I wasn't an expert at all. I could do it okay, but I struggled. I didn't, I didn't know uh, a ton, but I, I could kind of get by and I was good enough. But one thing I did have, I was very persistent. I would follow up with people. I would, I would, after a meeting, I would go talk to the person two days later. Hey, here's where this thing is at. I would follow up with questions. I would give people status updates. I would, if I asked for something, I would follow up every few days just to kind of keep the ball rolling. I was very persistent, not annoyingly so, because you can definitely be a nag and you can be annoying about it, but I would not let things go. I would pursue what I wanted, even if I felt imposter syndrome, perhaps, or I felt like I didn't know how to get it. I would be persistent. I would say, this is what I want to be able to do. This is what I'm going to help you with. This is what I'm going to build. I'm going to code, whatever. So persistence has paid off like PPPG persistence pays pretty good. I, it has paid off so well for me in my life because a lot of what I've been able to accomplish is because I am persistent and I see around me so many people who are just laid back about things. They're passive. Maybe they're not fighting as much for what they want. They're more go with the flow and that's fine to each their own. Everyone has different uh, perspectives and priorities. But I value for myself persistence, and I see how that counsel from my granddad has been kind of a driving force in my life to try and accomplish big and fun and impactful things is I credit a lot of that to persistence. Do you use acronyms with your kids? I'm curious. I should. I don't. I should honor my granddad and, and do some of that. That's a great idea. That's fun. I like things like that. So my next one is kind of a little, uh, just something really, some good advice I was given when I hit like a, a bump in the road and things weren't going so well. And that is that remember when things are going really well for you, that you can be on top one day and down the next and use that to remember to be kind to people. So I remember there was, I think everybody goes through times where things are going really well and you're thinking like, oh man, I'm so awesome. Like nothing, nothing bad is ever going to happen to ruin this streak and things are great. And maybe you're not as nice to people as you should be. And I will be the first one to admit that I have done that before. And then, as I said, then I hit a bump in the road. And I remember thinking when I was down thinking, I wish I had been kinder to people because it would make sense that people wouldn't want to be kind to me if I wasn't kind to them. And that was a lesson I had to learn the hard way that I really wish that I didn't have to get, you know, someone didn't have to give me advice when I was going through a hard time. And so just remember, everybody is going to go through a hard time. You're going to, things aren't going to go great for you all the time. And if they do teach me your secret, but I don't uh, think I've ever met anyone who that has happened to. And okay. so, oh, oh yeah. go ahead. no, no, please go. Oh yeah. But that's, that's basically it. So just remember, remember when you're on top, as they say, that you could be on the bottom again someday and just be, be kind to everyone around you. And remember that that same thing is going to happen to them. That's great. Uh, another one of mine is it's good to have enemies. Oh, interesting. Weird, but the lesson is that the, the best way to never face any criticism is to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. And so if you have enemies, if you have people who don't like you, who don't like what you're doing, who disagree with you strongly, who fight against what you're doing, that's a good thing. It means that you're making a difference. 
right? You, you, I think the, the military term is you're going to catch flack if you're over the target. In other words, if you're flying a plane over enemy territory, they're going to start shooting at you, right? But it means you're over enemy territory. You're not a thousand miles away. You're in action. You're, you're there for the fight. I don't always love military analogies, of course, but, <laughs> uh, but, but to me, uh, so I have a lot of enemies in my, in my work at Libertas Institute. We're trying to change laws. Well, when we're trying to change laws, there are people who fight us. Just this morning, I was at the Capitol. We're recording this in January of 2023. I was up at the Capitol all day until this afternoon when we're here recording. And I was working with elected officials, the politicians up there, passing a so-called school choice bill. And the teachers hate this, the, the teachers union, right? They perceive that it's an attack on their profession and all that money should go to public schools and, and so forth, right? So we're trying to make a difference. We're trying to change a law. And there are people who fight us. They are our political enemies, if you will. They are spending all day, every day, trying to come up with ways to attack us, uh, not as individuals, of course, uh, but to, to fight what we're doing to make us be unsuccessful. And so if I want to make a difference, if I want to change a law or start a company or disrupt, you know, some way that people have done things for 100 years, there are going to be people who don't want change and they're going to fight you because they want to protect what is comfortable and normal and even financially beneficial for them. So it's good to have enemies in the sense that I think we were born to make a difference. I think each of us has our own capacity and interests and abilities to make an impact on other people's lives, big or small scale. And when we do that, when we try and change the status quo, when we try and make an impact on others, there are going to people who don't like us. Let's wear that with as a badge of pride. Let's recognize that it has to happen because if it doesn't happen, it means we're not making a difference. So it's part of the job. And, uh, and let's accept it for what it is. It's a sign of having an impact. It's a good one. So my next one is a little weird and it's going to sound silly. And actually, maybe I'll put a link to an article that explains it more in the show notes. And that is never turn down free money. <laughs> so what does that mean? Uh, one of my mentors years ago taught me this. And I remember thinking how silly it was. And basically, if somebody, when I was, you know, an intern or or something, or when I was not making as much money and somebody like would offer to, to take me to dinner and I would like to, to like a mentor or someone who, who had like some advice to give me. And I would always feel bad like letting them pay. And this is the mentor that particularly said this to me. And I, I tried to like put down a $10 bill and you have to remember as an intern, you're making no money guys. <laughs> you're making like no money. And he said like to put it away because you should never turn down free money. And what he meant by this is sometimes these opportunities will present themselves to you and it's not always actual money, right? Maybe someone offers to teach you something and you feel like you need to give something in, in return or that you're not like worthy of it to not turn down that opportunity if it's if it's going to give you um, good rewards in the end. And again, I might be doing a terrible job explaining this, so I'm going to link to an article that's actually called Never Turn Down Free Money. But it's a, it's a piece of advice that has stuck with me today. And, and when I get offered opportunities, sometimes it, it isn't even about money that I don't feel I deserve. I kind of remember, like, never turn down Freeman. Like, don't pass up that good opportunity. Mm. So it's kind of silly, but it's but it's helped me. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's do uh, two or three more. One that I have is do what you love, not what you're told to love. I think a lot of parents want to put their kids on a particular path. Some parents can be very overbearing and say, this is what you ought to do, or you should go to college or whatever. And all of society and and guidance counselors and other people are always saying, oh, do this, do that, or go here. 
And I think it's important for us to honor our own individuality. I'll, I'll use my kids as an example. I, as a religious person, I think that God has a path for my children. I don't know what that is, but I believe that my children are unique and they have their own abilities and interests and futures that they don't even know yet. And I feel like my job, which I do very imperfectly, but the, the effort I'm trying to make is not to impose on my kids what I think they should be or how they, I think they should think or the path in life that I think they should go. I feel like my role is to help them discover themselves, help them find their talents, help them find their passions, their path in life. I want to help them find what they love and pursue it passionately, which is why homeschooling is so great that you can have the time and the energy to go deep in a particular issue because I know what it's like to not do what you love, right? I, I went through K through 12 school and then college. It wasn't until my mid twenties until I really realized that there are things I enjoy learning about that I never was exposed to or had the opportunity to do in school. And, but I, that was in a career that I didn't love. I, I was fine at it and it paid the bills and I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And so then it wasn't until I was about 29 that I found my path and I've been on it ever since. And I'm never going back. I love doing what I love. Nothing feels like work. It's play every day. It's enjoyment. It's impact. It's an honor. It's, it's, it's amazing to do what you love. So do what you love, not what you're told to love. Brittany, I'll uh, let you do the last one. Yeah. Um, don't make excuses. And this one was a really hard one for me to learn, and I had to learn it from a boss. Um, I remember I wasn't responsible for a, a blunder at work, but it was my responsibility to oversee what what that responsibility was. And I remember my first instinct was to just start making excuses about how it wasn't my fault. It was the person underneath me. It was their fault. And I remember she told me, don't make excuses. Just just try to fix the problem. Just look for solutions. And that really stuck with me because if somebody – like if you were a boss – well, Connor, you you are a boss. Like if somebody messes up or someone somewhere messes up, you don't want someone to spend all their time making excuses to you. They don't even have to say like it's not my fault or it is my fault, but just look for solutions instead mm -hmm. because I think we waste so much time because we we – I think everyone has like a little bit of that passion for justice in their heart and they don't want to be blamed for something that maybe wasn't their fault. But right. when it comes to getting a job done and finding solutions, just don't make excuses. Just find the solution to the problem. It really doesn't matter whose fault it is. So that's a big one I learned in my professional life. What I love, I'll, I'll end on a related point to what you said. What I love as a parent is when my kids say, hey, I messed up and this happened. Here are my thoughts on how I can fix it. Or here's an idea. What do you think? Or if an employee, someone on my team says, hey, I screwed up. Um, this is what happened. I have some thoughts on how to fix it. Would these, you know, would you prefer this option or this one? And so when you're part of the solution rather than just part of the problem, then I care a lot less about the problem. I'm yep. like, oh, okay, all right, let's deal with it. Thanks for taking the initiative to, you know, think up a solution and let's pursue one of those. So be part of the solution rather than just the problem. Hopefully some of these are great for you as a family to discuss. Pick one if you want and, and have a family discussion about it and talk about what it means to you guys, how it can be part of your lives, how you can incorporate it on a regular basis, have it be part of your identity. Use acronyms if you want or don't. I don't <laughs> care. I'll, I need to use them in my family though to honor my granddad. Brittany, great as always chatting with you. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. 
You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.